Welcome back to Dante's Divine Comedy with thoughts and reflections on Dante's life, work and the historical context of the Divine Comedy. My name is Richard Emerson, I am your host today and we're going to start looking now at uh, the historical, the, like the times of Dante, especially from around 1300 until 1321. And we're going to look at, for example, how the papacy developed at the time. So there are very interesting things happening during the lifetime and the exile of of Dante. And it's also increasingly clear the more you go into it that you see how uh, how changing the whole world was for Dante in kind of Italy and also in Europe. And then he wrote a few epistles. Uh, so we're going to look at epistle number 11 where he writes to the church and defends himself against the charge that he was behaving like Utsa from the old biblical stories who was touching the ark and was struck dead. And the charge against Dante is that this is... Uh, what he is doing when he's criticizing the church. So uh, we're going to read now a, a short essay that we wrote on dantescomedy.com and then we're going to have some thoughts on it. So the title is Dante's Relationship to Scripture and to the Church. While Dante is sometimes thought to be attacking both the church and Christendom itself in the Divine Comedy, it could be helpful to clarify and separate Dante's very positive relationship to the scripture and to the spiritual life from his negative and at times aggressively hostile one towards the contemporary church and the institution of the papacy in the 13th and 14th century. Dante himself was therefore sometimes accused by the church of having assumed the role of Utsa from the old biblical stories, who touched the holy ark whilst in transportation from Abinadab to Jerusalem with a cart and oxen, and who was struck dead at the spot in 2 Samuel 6, verse 6 to 7. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Usa, and God smote him there for his error, and there he died by the ark of God. In the Epistle 11 to the Italian cardinals, Dante addresses this issue directly, first quoting the accusations from the church that who is he who, not fearing the immediate torment of Utsa, stands up to the ark, if even perilous? Dante first responds with a repositioning of himself. Surely I am in the pastures of Jesus Christ the least of the sheep. Surely I abuse no shepherd's authority, for with me are no riches. Not therefore by merit of riches, but... By the grace of God, I am what I am. In Italian, per grazia di Dio sono ciò che sono. He then makes the distinction between interfering with the faith directly versus with the governance of the shepherd. Nor does the presumption of Utsa, which some thought to hold against me, with the emaciation of his guilt infect me as one who recklessly broke in, for he to the ark... I look after the recalcitrant oxen who draw it to places out of the way, thereby comparing the church with the oxen and indirectly repeating that he wants to help the ark in the symbolic sense. Dante further underlines his humility and in interpretation of the story of Utsa on the second marble carving, on the first terrace in Purgatory 10, verse 55 to 57. Carved in the spread of marble there 
I saw the cart and oxen with a holy ark, a warning not to exceed one's competence. End of quote. Thus combining several elements at once. His understanding of the hubris and pride of Utsa, the importance of humility in the growth of virtue and of the spiritual life, and contrasting the damage of hubris to the gradual wealth of intellectual humility. So that is the little essay that just lays out how Dante is responding to a critique, while at the same time the whole epistle of number 11 is about trying to uh, convince or encourage or support the Italian cardinals to elect an Italian pope and move the papacy back from Avignon to Rome. So this is just after the death of Pope Clement V. And then so in 1314, uh, the one who moved the papacy away from Rome into Avignon. This is a whole different big story that we're going to talk about. This is partly a consequence of Pope Boniface VIII, who is the the main evil pope in the Inferno and the one who orchestrated the exile of Dante as well. He summoned Dante down to Rome in 1301. And while Dante was down there, Florence, Tuscany was invaded and then Dante was never able to return back. So, but Boniface VIII, and this is gonna this is gonna be another episode, but he is the one, he's kind of the pinnacle of in some ways the madness of the papacy in terms of taking full kind of or trying to assume the role of rulers of the whole earth. He he has some decrees about uh, that every single human being on the planet is under the authority of the church and also every king, every sovereign on the continent in Europe was underneath his authority. And Boniface takes it so far that the French king finally reacts fully and then he starts orchestrating the, the fall of Boniface and also the move of the papacy out of Italy and into France. So that's kind of a little lesson in how Boniface was the last pope that took it so far that Italy actually lost the papacy. Uh, and then he stayed in Avignon for uh, for about 70 years. So, uh, but that's going to be another episode. So the main the main point of the first essay here is to just show how Dante is separating his relationship to the scripture from the relationship to the church and the institution, which he then kind of here metaphorically says, one is the holy ark, the other one is the oxen. And also reminding the church that they are not the holy ark. Uh, they are the oxen. So uh, with that, we're going to stop and keep this one a little bit short. So hope some of this was interesting and we're going to put the link to the to the article also in the description. So hope you're having a great day and uh, thank you so much for listening and see you again in another episode. <laughs>